How's it going, Yankee fans? Welcome back to Fireside Yankees with your boys, Alex and Ryan. So guys, I have a little bit of a treat for you coming up in the next couple days. We just started a new YouTube dedicated solely to Yankee prospects. So if you're interested in the youth of this team, the future of this team, and even if you're interested in what we could utilize in the future for trades, you know, guys that we could leverage there, the Yankees have one of the best farms in baseball, and Ryan and I are going to be doing some podcasts there. Ryan's going to be doing a lot of work diving into these prospects um, in a detailed basis, and you're going to learn a lot about the future of this team, and I don't think many other people are offering that type of knowledge for free, so we'd love for you guys to stop by. It's going to be a Baby Bombers podcast. Um, you know, I'll drop the link in the comments below so you can go subscribe to that for the new videos coming out. So all your Yankee needs are covered here at Fireside Yankees. You got you guys um, from all angles, and today we're going to be discussing two prospects. Good way to kick that off and, you know, talking about Will Warren and Chase Hampton. Those guys are interchangeable top pitching prospects for the Yankees. Will Warren, obviously, 24 years old, a little bit older and a little bit more experienced. Um, Going to make his MLB debut in 2024, most likely. Chase Hampton, a little bit behind, 22 years old in AA, um, but he's probably going to get the AAA this year at some point as well, and maybe he sneaks in his debut as well. Maybe now or um, 2025, obviously, presents a good option too. So we're going to break down those two guys who were non-roster invites to spring training. We're expecting Warren to make the 40-man. Hampton, maybe not, but you never know. Anthony Volpe did steal the shortstop job last year, so you can really never leave anything out. Um, and I think the Yankees have some good some good young players who are trying to crack this roster. So, Ryan, before we dive into the good stuff, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing great, and as you alluded to, you know, you never know how spring training goes. Last year, Johnny Brito was the Yankees, the, the third guy they went to in the rotation. They had a myriad of injuries. About this time last year, we found out that Frankie Montas would not pitch for the entire season, essentially. And then in the weeks following, Nestor Cortez had to withdraw from the World Baseball Classic due to, I believe, those hamstring issues. So, I know he made the opening day roster and he was available for his first start of the season, um, but you had a lot of guys hurt. Rodon was out, Severino was out, you were down three of your five starters, and the other one that wasn't down, uh, Inesta Cortez was already dealing with something, and we would see him deteriorate as the season went on. They just were dealt a really bad hand with injuries, and this time around, I think they're a little more prepared to deal with that. I'm not saying Luke Weaver's a world beater. I'm not saying Will Warren's a superstar. I'm not saying Chase Hampton's going to win the Cy Young next year. But what I am saying is that I think these guys are a lot better than what they were throwing out last year. Uh, and most notably, Will Warren and Chase Hampton were both ranked as top bunch of prospects, at least in one outlet. Will Warren was ranked as a top bunch of prospect and the Yankees' best pitching prospect on ESPN. I believe Chase Hampton was a universal top bunch of prospect, meaning on Baseball America, MLB Pipeline, Baseball Prospectus, and ESPN. He was all ranked. He was ranked on all four of those outlets as one of the 100 best prospects in baseball, and it's kind of considered the cons consensus best pitching prospect in the Yankees organization. Both these guys provide different looks. It's like they're cookie cutter pitchers. They're the same of the same mold of the same ilk. Will Warren's more of a sinker sweeper kind of guy. Chase Hampton relies on a sweeper as well, but he's a four seam fastball kind of guy. Relies more on vertical deception. Does have the sweeper to play horizontally, but it's fastball, it's cutter, it's sweeper, it's curveball. He came into the Yankee organization with really just a fastball and a curveball, and the Yankees added that sweeper and the cutter. Will Warren, if you guys remember our, our interview with him, which we did last week, he talked about the sweeper and developing it with the Yankee organization as well. That was not a pitch he had when he was drafted by the Yankees. I've seen in other um, outlets and other interviews he's done that he, he, he called it a mediocre slider. He called this slider beforehand extremely mediocre. And now he has better feel of his arsenal. He has five pitches he has command of, 
four-seamer, cutter, changeup added to the mix with the sinker and the sweeper. He's truly become a, a multi-dimensional pitcher, a guy who can attack lefties and righties. The command has always been a little underrated to me. I know he had a double-digit walk rate last year in AAA, but his walk rate was actually below the league average for AAA because of the automatic ball strike system and just the way that the balls were flying down there. Pitchers were more averse, uh, damage averse, and were trying to actively not get shelled. So they were pitching a little more out of their zone, and they weren't getting calls they usually would. So those things kind of factor into his higher walk rate. I think the talent for Will Warren is is unbelievable. He his stuff plus numbers were brilliant. His pitching plus numbers were brilliant. This is a guy who's, I mean, he's not even. You wouldn't even say he's a year away. If he made major league starts right now. I'm sure he could compete with a lot of other pitchers in this league. I'm not sure the talent gap between him and the fifth starters for other teams is that massive. Would I take Dean Kramer, who's the Orioles' fifth starter, or Will Warren? I might go with Will Warren. I know Dean Kramer has a lot of major league experience, but I'm taking the upside of Will Warren there. For the Red Sox, it's like Tanner Houck. I'll take Will Warren over him. Alec Manoa, again, I know the track record there, but he was god-awful last year, and I don't have any reason to believe he's going to be much better this year, because even in 2022, the stuff plus numbers suggest that he was supposed to regress. So I would sit here and say, Will Warren, I'm taking him over that group as well. And then if you look at the Tampa Bay Rays, look, I'm not going to sit here and say I would take anyone over the Rays' fifth starter, because even if we don't know who they are, they just suddenly become really good pitchers. It's just what they do, Alex. So I won't go that far. But my point more so is that I think Will Warren's a capable major league starter right now at the back end of any rotation. And he's their current seventh starter. They brought in Luke Weaver on a guaranteed major league contract. That's not a mistake. It's not because the Yankees were just feeling generous. It's not because they looked at Luke Weaver and said, that's a cool name. Oh, Weaver's the last name of, of, of plenty of, of, you know, like other successful pitchers. I don't know. They didn't do it for a stupid reason. They know what they're doing they clearly like this guy if you heard the interview Matt Blake did prior to Matt, uh, Luke Weaver's first start in Pittsburgh he talked about that they were looking at this guy for a while and they're really happy to claim him off of waivers increase the cutter usage we saw the effectiveness down the stretch I think the Yankees are really well built in terms of their pitching depth at least better than people give it credit for because once you get past those seven guys then you've got a myriad of just really talented young pitchers in AAA Luis Heal, when we saw him at the major league level, he showed flashes of, hey, is this guy the next best starting pitcher for the Yankees? You know, Clayton Beater certainly has a lot of upside and doesn't have a lot of professional experience. He's a very green prospect still. Andrews Gomez, we only saw him for one game last year at the major league level, but we saw a lot of really nasty stuff. So when you kind of start peeling back the layers and look at the Yankees pitching depth entering this year versus last year, I think they're just in a better position. Is it a perfect position? No, but it is a much better position than where they were this time last year. I agree with you. And look, I think Will Warren has the upside to be very solid for this Yankee team, whether it be as a spot starter or out of the bullpen immediately. Now, he has a really wide array of pitches. You know, you have a sinker, cutter, four seam. Like, he has so many options at his disposal. And, you know, I remember uh, hearing a story about Pedro Martinez and what made him so great. And obviously, he had multiple just elite pitches. And, you know, you talk about, let's use Clark Schmidt as an example. He struggles to get through a batting order a third time. Um, that was kind of like, we, we would we talked about this a lot last year. After the fifth inning, his uh, efficiency dropped off like a freaking cliff. And we're like, why is this happening? And what Pedro Martinez did so well was he had multiple elite pitches, right? So... He utilized that first elite pitch in the first the first kind of go through the lineup. He would dominate using one pitch. And then the second, you know, the second lineup comes the second time around the order comes around, he would incorporate the second pitch. Now they're trying to just kind of differentiate between two elite pitches and trying to pick up on those two things. Then he introduced a third pitch to the in the third time around. So every single time he went through the lineup, 
they were seeing different things. When you're using everything at once and you're trying to mix in everything, sometimes you're, you're giving your opposition a chance to get used to what you're throwing and how it's coming out and, and the angle it's coming out and you know the shape of it and the movement. And they're getting a little bit better at, at picking it up every single time you throw it. And then by the time you get three, three times through the order, you're screwed because they know exactly how to hit it. They know exactly what's coming or they can predict it more efficiently. So Pedro Martinez did something interesting in terms of, you know, he utilized each pitch each time through the lineup more um, in more like kind of devious ways to try and catch the opposing batters off guard. I think Will Bourne, I wouldn't say he's Pedro Martinez by any means, but I will say he has a couple of really great pitches that I think he can utilize in a similar fashion to attack specific batters and attack, you know, each time through the lineup. Um, and I think Clark Schmidt needs to do the same thing, you know, in terms of uh, just efficiently attacking, you know, the lineup each single time and not using everything he has right off the bat and giving away his hand, right? It's like if you're playing poker and you, you, you know, you know, you fold too early or everyone knows what you have because your tell is really, you know, you, you have everything's on the table. It's all written on your face. You got to be careful. You got to be strategic. You got to wait. You got to be patient. Um, and, and, you know, Will Warren said it to us yeah, last week. He said, sometimes I try to be too perfect. And sometimes I just got to get the ball over the plate um, and, and, you know, just trust my stuff. So, I think his his wide array of pitches, his pitch mix, is certainly something to be really excited about because they're all solid pitches, and he can utilize those efficiently against left-handed batters. He struggled last year, but he told us he's been incorporating that cutter a little bit more, and he's using that against left-handed batters, and it's really providing a lot of great results. So I think I think he's starting to figure it out. He's like against right-handed pitching, my sinker is lethal. Like they can't hit me against. He's like against right-handed, uh, rather right-handed batters. I am really, really freaking good, and I'm confident I'm going to get anybody out. But lefties, I struggle with it, and I acknowledge that. But he's taking the steps forward to you know correct those things. So um, I wonder, Yankees probably, if I'm the Yankees right now, I'm thinking to myself, all right, you know, we don't want him starting because that means that there's an injury or inconsistency. However, he's dominant against right-handed batters. So let's pull him into the bullpen and utilize him against a right-handed heavy lineup. If we need him for an inning, and there's three or four uh, righties in a row— let Will Warren go out there and, and mow them down. You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of how I would operate with Will Warren in 2024. Of course, you could spot start him like a J.P. Sears did a couple years ago. Um, you could utilize him in that fashion as well. Um, but with that being said, Chase Hampton's another animal entirely. The guy, and I was just reading about it, um, the, the Yankees pitching director, um, Shane Breed or something like that. I'm trying Sam to Breed. Sam Breed. So he said specifically that... Chase Hampton stopped using his fastball a lot in double A. And he was like, yeah, like we were working on a couple other pitches. And if you look at his numbers between high A and double A, they're vastly different. Like he was a different pitcher um, in terms of his uh, numbers and efficiency and metrics. So, you know, you hear these type of little details. They're working on his curveball. They're working on his slider. They're working on his cutter. They're in. They're starting to throw in different elements to his game, and his, you know they're trying to build up these other pitches that may be falling behind because his fastball. And he says his fastball is only like ninety four miles an hour on average, but its movement is crazy. And the the the, the Yankees pitching staff are saying like. Uh, the coaches are saying, like, this guy's fastball is probably his best pitch, and he wasn't throwing it a lot in double-A because they were trying to get a little bit more action with his other pitches. So, you know, don't look at the numbers and say to yourself, this is the end-all, be-all. These numbers are skewed 
major, in, in, like significantly in the minor league system because they're trying to develop players, right? They're trying to, they're making him throw your, his weaker pitches to make them strengths. And he's going to struggle with his weaker pitches. And obviously the talent differentials is significant from high A to double A. So you have to, uh, you know, have to acclimate for that as well and adjust for your numbers um, is that, for that as well. So I think that when you're looking at Chase Hampton, looking at the numbers, there's a story beneath them. There's a reason that they fell. Um, you know, what are your thoughts about Chase Hampton? Because, you know, based on the fact that his fastball may be his best pitch, and, and let's not forget, his curveball is elite. You know, he has one of the best curveballs in the system. Um, I do believe that as they get him more adjusted to utilizing his pitch mix at a more balanced and even level, this guy, I mean, Breen said it himself, this guy at the, at the best, when he's on top of his game, is a top-flight starter in the MLB. If the Yankees truly believe that, we're going to see Chase Hampton maybe sooner than we think. He, we could see him debut in 2024 if there's injuries. But 2025... I mean, guys, like we may, he may be a starter for us then, and, and that would be pretty fun to watch. We haven't had a homegrown starter in quite a while. Yeah, as you alluded to with Chase Hampton, there were things he's working on. This was his first year in, in professional baseball. This is a guy who's a very green prospect in college, was drafted out of the sixth round for a reason, needed to work on his strike-throwing abilities, got more comfortable in that regard. Like, the Yankees tweaked a lot of things in his mechanics. He still has a little bit of a long arm action. Like, you could see there's a big arm swing there, but it works. And then that's kind of how he is, right? He's kind of got a funky arm slot, too. A little bit of a lower slot release, which helps his four-seamer play up. And as you mentioned, it's not 97-98. It's more 93-94. And that's an uptick from where he was in college, but... That's impressive when you have good vertical movement and you're releasing from a funky arm angle and you have a, a myriad of pitches. A big thing here that the Yankees are trying to get with both Hampton and Warren is get them off of being two pitch pitchers, right? Again, Warren was a very sinker sweeper guy. Talked about his struggles against lefties. You're going to struggle against lefties when your two best pitches are only horizontally moving, right? Not saying that sinkers don't drop or sweepers don't drop, but they don't rely on drop as their deception. It's that horizontal movement. And for lefties, they see that a lot better out of the hand of right-handed pitchers. So, you know, when you're Will Warren, you're going to be at a disadvantage in those matchups. So developing a four-seam fastball, developing a cutter, working on the changeup, finding comfort in those pitches, that gives you a little more margin for error because you're throwing a myriad of pitches, you're mixing up your looks, you're diversifying what you're throwing. They're seeing different movement pro profiles. You're establishing different parts of the strike zone. You're just much more effective. And when it comes to uh, Chase Hampton, being a fastball curveball guy is fine, but you need something that moves horizontally. You need something that gets right-handed batters out as well. That's where the sweeper comes into play. Having the cutter, it's just a fourth pitch, and that's a good strike-throwing pitch. If you look at the spin of a cutter, it's a bullet-like spin. And that's the type of spin you see in a football. And if you notice... Football throws, they're not tailing to the right or tailing to the left. I mean, God, could you imagine trying to be a receiver and you get a pass and it's moving 15 inches to the right? Nobody would ever catch anything, right? So you need something that kind of stays in that zero line of horizontal movement. That's what Chase Hampton's cutter does for him. It's a reliable strike-throwing pitch. It gets swings and misses. It generates soft contact. Cutters generate softer contact than sinkers and four-seamers. So in the fastball group, and I know cutters are a little bit different from your four-seamers and sinkers. You wouldn't look at them as a traditional fastball the way you would look at those two pitches. But in that group of pitch, which is the fastball, it's the one that generates the most the least damage contact. So, you know, that's really important to have in your arsenal. It's really important to have the to four-seamer. Everything just kind of blends together. It makes them better third time through the order. You mentioned Clark Schmidt. You know, part of the issues he had early in the season were lefties were like, all right, it's just going to be the cutter. We know we're getting the cutter. We're going to sit on the cutter. And when we see it enough times, we're going to hammer that pitch. And that's that was the approach. 
and it worked. And then Clark Schmidt had to start throwing his sinker to lefties more, kind of throw it back foot, you know, try to get them off the plate, get them to see different looks. It's an important part of being a pitcher. Pitching is an art and a science. My good friend Max Greenfield talks about pitching. There's the art and there's the science. The science part of it, pitch movement, biomechanics, stuff of that nature. The art, it's your sequencing. It's your poise on the mound, your command, your mentality, your aggression, things of that nature. Will Warren, you, you, you mentioned like sometimes you need to get over the plate. Austin Wells was barking at the guy. Hey, throw strikes, throw strikes, just throw a strike because his stuff is nasty. And having that mentality of I've got great stuff, I'm going to overpower these guys. I'm not saying, you know, that, you know, we're looking at Will Warren or Chase Hampton and seeing the next Garrett Cole, but... The name that's been thrown around for Chase Hampton is Mini Cole. And if you look at what makes Garrett Cole such a brilliant pitcher, it's that he knows when to attack batters. He knows to be on the attack. He knows how to sequence. We saw last year, it just felt like he was just untouchable. It felt like even when he wasn't perfect, he was perfect. Look at that Blue Jays star. I feel like that last star of the year really exemplified just how great Garrett Cole's become because he didn't strike out a lot of guys. I think he struck out five batters that entire game and he shut out the Toronto Blue Jays in Toronto was absolutely brilliant. That's because he mastered the cutter. He developed his feel for that pitch. He can't just do the, all right, I'm going to, you know, throw some spider tack on my hand in 2019 and throw it 99 miles an hour and rev it up and just strike out 40% of batters face. Look, he's entering his age 33 season and he's going to be turning 34 in August. You just can't do that in your mid thirties. Look at a guy like Justin Verlander. Is he just throwing 99 past everybody? No, he's picking his spot. So Garrett Cole's taking that step in maturity. You're hoping that you can kind of build up that maturity in some of your younger pitchers because the stuff is so good. It isn't a question of whether the talent is there. It isn't a question of whether Chase Hampton has good stuff or not. It isn't a question of whether Will Warren has good stuff or not. Will Warren has the best stuff out of any starting pitcher in AAA right now. So you just need to get them to build that understanding of sequencing. Maybe that's finding good relationships with catchers. You know, both of those guys have some rapport with Austin Wells. Maybe that helps them. Jose Trevino is there. You know, you never know if Jose Trevino is going to need to start all year or not. Jose Trevino is one of the best pitch callers in the league. Garrett Cole freaking loves the guy for a reason. A smart guy, always studying. Austin Wells, same situation. The Yankees can cultivate a culture here where they have catchers who are extremely advanced in terms of their understanding and feel of the game because of how hard they work and because of how much they study the data. And then you have pitchers who have excellent stuff who are beyond their years in terms of feel and command. And I think that's what separates a good pitching prospect from a great one. And I think that's what could separate Chase Hampton and Will Warren from guys like Chance Adams or Justice Sheffield, who were top 100 prospects, but never panned out for the Yankees. Yeah, I mean, look, right now the Yankees have an opportunity to give these guys some substantial opportunities and reps, um, you know, based on the fact that, you know, they they haven't gotten a Corbett Burns yet. They haven't gotten these that next big piece. So Warren, I think, is going to have a pretty good year. I think he's going to actually make a nice little impact for us and get his feet wet in the MLB. But, you know, spring training will give us a lot of information. So we got you guys covered on that front. Spring training is coming around really, really quickly, my friends. And uh, all the information you guys need in terms of players that are performing well, guys we think are projecting well, and obviously the prospects that we're going to they're going to watch Chase Hampton, Will Warren, Spencer Jones, Ben Rice, Caleb Durbin. There's a couple of guys here that if they leave a positive impact, we could see much sooner than later. So excited about them. As always, make sure to like and subscribe to the podcast episode. And if you're interested in the prospects, make sure to head over to the Baby Bombers podcast and subscribe there as well. Appreciate you guys as always. We'll catch you guys on the next Friday Yankees episode.